The Movie Hour, episode 33, May 7, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. everybody to our first episode of our Music in May series, the John Williams Carbon Dating Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney podcasting from Lake Orion, Michigan. This is Jim Maloney in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And Jeff Hendrickson in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I hope everyone enjoyed our special music we had for you in the beginning. That's something Jeff's been working on for the past couple months. It took him took him a long time, but he pulled it off. Well, well when, done, you, when you've got to write and all that music and, and lay down the lyrics and all the... I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. Actually, everybody give it up to Greg. He worked really hard on that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Jeff actually has a lot to talk about today. He has a, a big movie review for us, which we're going to be stepping into now because we want to get to a lot of things today. So movie reviews right off the bat, Jeff. No banter. No banter. You want me to no just banter? Jump? Okay, no banter. All right. No I, foreplay this time, Jeff. No foreplay. Edit that out, please. Um, I um, I saw a movie, uh, an indie flick that I don't think anybody saw in the theater. It did pretty well at Sundance, apparently, though. It, uh, I think, got nominated for an award there. A movie called On the Road with Judas. And I'm going to do my best to describe the plot of this movie. It was pretty, uh, pretty convoluted, a lot of stories within the stories. But the basic idea is this guy who wrote and directed the movie, J.J. Lask, um, he, he uh, it's it's him talking about the. He actually wrote the book first, um, and it's him talking about the book on this made up. Uh, <laughs> well, he's talking about the book along with the characters that uh, the book are about. This guy named Judas, who's kind of this nerdy uh, computer thief, and uh, his partner in crime and friend Francis and his love interest, Sarah, but also the people that are playing those three people in the movie. So the, the six of them and uh, the author are talking about this movie on this show called Let's Do Drinks. The guy who hosts the show is the actual author, writer, director of the actual book and movie. Um, so That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Like I said, very convoluted. Um, so each of these people are interviewed, uh, sometimes together, about the narrative of the book and the film, I guess. And there are uh, there are a lot of uh, of flashbacks and kind of clips from the movie, sometimes interspersed and intermixed with the flashbacks. So here's what actually happened versus uh, here's the what happened in the movie. 
and it gives you a really nice effect of hearing what actually happened, followed and uh, and often interspersed with the actors telling like what their impressions of that event were and how they wanted to act it out. It's kind of a neat way to look at the look at the metafiction of it. Uh, overall, I would say uh, the, the story of Judas is pretty interesting. Uh, the the characters, the both actual and the actors char- playing the characters, are really well developed. Uh, the real joy of the film, though, to me, is the the metafiction, the stories within the stories, and the the kind of layering of it. I'm kind of a sucker for that, admittedly. I really like any kind of story like that. So, so was it? So we have the group being interviewed, which are the actors in the movie, and but, also there's the, the but also the real too, right? well, also the real people that the actors are playing. Ah, okay. So the real people and the writers all in the interview. Yes, yeah, so there's and seven of them. their lives that are going on at the time, and, and also, then the film. Yeah, and also the film, and yeah, and also what the film's about. So they like, sort of like flashbacks. It's 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 pretty complicated. I'm doing the best job I can yeah, <laughs> describing yeah. it here. I was tra- yeah, I was trying to s- s- uh, summarize the whole thing, and I think I, I think I sort I get it. I get it. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I would I would really highly recommend this movie. I need to see it at least uh, once more. On uh, my first viewing, I, I would say that it's it's one of these types of movies that's going to achieve and deserves to achieve cult status, along with like Donnie Darko, uh, maybe like an adaptation, possibly even a Fight Club. Uh, a couple things I really liked about it specifically, um, just little things. The soundtrack really added to it because the soundtrack was all cover songs, so it sort of added to this effect of like this filtered uh, fiction versus reality, or uh, like the original versus the uh, versus the remake and that type of thing. Yeah. It was a constant theme, and um, the the production design was fantastic. It was it was up there, probably not quite as in your face, qu- probably not quite as uh, as, the, as as great as like a Wes Anderson movie, but in the same ballpark anyway. Really great production quality. Mm-hmm. Um, very vivid. Very vivid, yes, uh, very, and. Um, Really, yeah, it, a lot of nice, uh, nice props and nice kind of designs and everything. Uh, the people that were in this movie, it's funny because there are three or four people in this movie that you recognize, and you go, "Where do I recognize that guy from?" The guy that played the the real Judas, uh, Aaron Rule, was uh, Napoleon Dynamite's brother, Kip. <laughs> in nice. uh, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, the guy that plays the author, J.J. Lask, is Kevin Corrigan who was in Superbad, and I think he was in an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Uh, he's been in a few other things. Um, and then uh, the guy who played the actor that plays Judas, Eddie K. Thomas, was in um, the American Pie movies as Finch, the nerdy guy. So, wow, lots of lots of big people there. <laughs> yeah, big names, big wow. names. So a big a big review from Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, she has it ten stars. Uh, Can you I, give it ten I, stars. I don't, I don't know about that. I definitely really okay. liked it, and I will definitely see this movie again at least once. Awesome. I would highly I recommend that anybody that likes kind of uh, weird cultish movies like like Donnie Darko or um, like Mulholland Drive would really like this movie. I think. Was this courtesy of Netflix, or did you have to actually um, go out of here? No, actually, a friend of mine uh, brought it over to my house. Oh, cool, it. cool. Mine was mine was courtesy of Netflix, and this is definitely this is not a deep thinker. I ended up catching Crawl because I've never seen it. Everyone references it all the time in terms of shitty 80 movies. And I had to catch it for myself finally. Got it Netflix streaming, which is the, the only way to catch such a movie. Uh, not as deep of a plot. Uh, a tale of pretty much some medieval fantasy planet called Crawl, which took me like 30 minutes to figure out. I thought Crawl was a bad guy the whole time. I've seen but the movie. I thought Crawl was the bad guy. I totally forgot. Yeah, the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, is that Crawl? No? Okay, how about that guy? Is that Crawl? And it didn't, no, it didn't end up I still think it's... Yeah, so it ends, it, but it ends up coming under attack by a spaceship that looks like a giant fortress, 
that's filled with people called Slayers, which, you know, aptly go around and kill everybody for no reason. And they get, the Slayers have laser guns, and the crawl people are medieval swords, and pretty much there's a prince and princess that I'm getting married, and it, the thing it reminded me of, it's pretty much a combination of Legend, the movie, and the Ewok Adventure. It's the, it's the exact, and they all came around, came out around the same time. They're like, they're all like, uh, in sequence right after each other. And I think this movie is the exact same thing. Oh, and it, it sounds exactly like Willow. Same soundtrack as Willow, just eight years earlier. So I think Willow stole it from him. Yeah, but, the uh, difference is so Willow was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's your, it's your evil, evil versus good story tale. And the reason it reminds me of the Ewok Adventure, if anyone knows what the hell I'm talking about, it's one of those stories where, the good guy who's standing against against all odds has to go into the deep forest, the deep, dark, mysterious, evil forest to find somebody. And after they find that guy, then he says, well, we got to go deeper into a more evil place to find this other guy. And then it just keeps going on and on until you get to the end. And then it's over. <laughs> and that, that was pretty much the whole movie. And it's a, it's your, it's, you know, it's a 1983 think piece, but it, it, it's, worth, it's worth catching. It's worth catching. A lot, a lot of plot hooks there. Um, but, it, yeah. Very good time. I'm happy I caught it, and I would not. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's not drunk. So, James, <laughs> you probably won't, James. Yeah, you probably won't want to see this. <laughs> I could probably watch it right now and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up watching a movie called Insomnia, uh, 2002, directed by Christopher Nolan of oh, I saw that movie. Prestige fame. He also did some art house movie about a guy who studies bats or something. But anyway, um, it's about. No one did Batman, didn't he? That's what I was joking oh, about. Okay. Dumbass! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about an L.A. cop, uh, Al Pacino, who uh, is being investigated by internal affairs at home, so his chief kind of sends him out to Alaska to help with the case of a mutual friend cop. Um, in Alaska, it's about a 17-year-old girl who has been killed, so he's going to go help out with this case and kind of dodge internal affairs at the same time. Um, and it's in the time of the year for Alaska where sunlight is prevalent like most of the day so it's really hard to sleep and that's where the title insomnia comes because al pacino's character while on the case doesn't get any sleep he starts to hallucinate a little bit you know see stuff gets really tired that sort of stuff um they end up setting a trap for the killer and what happens is it's kind of foggy out on that day and the shootout happens and pacino ends up killing his partner by mistake because he can't make out who's who in the the but nobody notices that he killed him, so he's going to try and blame it on the the uh, the killer at large in Alaska, and that's, that's why he's being in, investigated in for internal affairs. He's a good cop, but when he needs to, he's been planning uh, evidence in the past. So he just feels like his two choices are: a, he could you know try and pin this accidental murder on the killer, and you know just kind of you know weigh all the odds against the guy, or he can admit to the the accidental killing, and then jeopardize his internal affairs case back home, and possibly any, you know, cases that he worked on in the past that were just, you know, going off of his word type of thing. And then the whole ensuing story is about him struggling with what to do and how that kind of, you know, plays itself out and that sort of thing. How does Robin Williams fit into this again? Uh, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams is the, the bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. and it's not a big secret. You find that out pretty quickly. Uh, he does pretty good as it, uh, and Pacino's pretty serviceable as the main cop. Um, actually, my favorite character was Hilary Swank. She's a, a local cop who's kind of, you know, what behind the ears, rookie type. Uh, has Slutty. a little bit of hero worship for uh, Pacino's character because she did her 
you know, her academy case study on his case from her thesis. The her thesis. Yeah, exactly. And she's she's a little you know refreshing to have in there for all the kind of serious actors that's going on. Um, and a couple other bit roles are by Morna Tierney from. Uh, you guys probably know her from being the the uh, wife from Liar Liar, and then uh, Nikki Cat's in it too. Uh, Morna Tierney is just a uh, hotel worker, and Nikki Cat's a local cop. Well played. Uh, um, I like the movie. It was pretty good. Uh, not amazing or anything. Um, I like the portrayal of Alaska. They do the intro of it's kind of like a. It's almost like a Planet Earth-style filming, you know, they ch- and they really concentrate on making uh, Alaska a character in the whole thing, uh, especially with the whole uh, no sleep because of the sunlight factor. Uh, the editing was a little weird, and I know at some points they were trying to do that to make you feel like what Pacino was feeling as far as the stress and you know, not being able to sleep. But even in the beginning, it was kind of choppy for me, and some of the... Uh, these edits cuts weren't consistent. It was oh, me. Yeah, like yeah. someone so, would be facing one way, but when they show it from the other person's point of view, it was off, and yeah, know, that, that kind of stuff bothered me. That's and interesting. Yeah, and there's really a couple cool. of other little stuff in there that kind of bugged me, like uh, them just accidentally discovering evidence in a certain way, and just little stuff like that. But overall, I thought right. the movie was right. was pretty good. So they sort of made a, a lot of jump cuts and were just really off edits just to yeah, make you, make like you feel uncomfortable with like Pacino. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool, cool. So not not a recommendation then? Um, it's it's serviceable. If you just want a you know, night at home for rental, I, I wouldn't go against it. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw, well, movie, I saw the movie in the theater, and I thought it was okay. Uh, actually, Morna, Morna Tierney was one of my favorite parts of the movie, I thought. Yeah, I'm a big Morna Tierney fan. She's pretty good. Her role is so small in there. That was another thing that bugged me about the movie, because she goes in and kind of has a heart-to-heart with Pacino at one point, and then, like, the very next scene, she had fallen asleep peacefully, and he walks out, and they don't even show how that even happened, and it's just like, okay, whatever, and you just kind of dismiss it. Well, very strange. Even if that movie didn't do very well, the I don't know if you've been reading and keeping along with the X-Men movie the last week, but it grossed $87 million over the weekend. Beating beating out Fast and the Furious for the best of the best of the year thus far on the opening weekend gross. Unfortunate, I would say, but I guess people look that love their X Men. Or yeah. maybe maybe girls love their Wolverine. I don't know. Apparently Guys the, with claws. Uh, the sneak freak piracy didn't uh didn't uh, you know deter too many Yeah, there were going. there were there was a lot of talk about that, about about it ruining it or even improving it. And I think uh, the story goes that it, it was about the amount of money they expected to make. I think they expected to make like 80 millish, so they made more than they thought, but just barely. And uh, I guess we we're gonna have to see soon if Star Trek can beat it out over uh, beat it out. That's great. Beat it out over uh, next weekend, which comes out Friday. Which you're still planning on seeing, James? Um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing if somebody goes with me. Interesting. Uh, is that an offer? Because I don't know. Uh, yeah, or I could end up taking my father. He was sounded pretty interested. Yeah, last week we went into uh, in depths about Star Trek, and I think we we definitely touched a touched a note because a lot of people commented about it, and I, it, one side or the other, people are either completely uninterested and just saying, yeah, this is another just mindless romp through space, and the other is thinking this is going to be another timeless. This is going to be at the start of something genius, and I guess. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of middle ground there. You either love the idea or you hate the idea. Yeah. One thing I did notice in the news, and you know, this might excite you, Greg, and maybe we've talked about it, maybe we haven't, but apparently they're remaking Videodrome. No way! Yes. I did not know this. Slated for a 2011 release. 
<laughs> oh like they're, my it's, god! It's such an early announcement. Wo- they don't have anybody attached to it or anything yet. It's just you mean James Woods isn't attached to it? <laughs> <laughs> I think they pretty much just announced it. So. Is it? Wait, hold on. So they're relaunching the the ever it's, so popular Videodrome, or yeah, is it it's a supposed sequel? to be a remake of Videodrome? <laughs> While we're talking Which, about remakes, I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's an origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell just just joined the uh, Piranha 3D cast. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the original Piranha or Piranha no. 2. Uh, yeah, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome <laughs> movies. I'm very excited for the... Uh, I didn't know another one was coming. Three-dimensional remake. Yeah, I didn't either. No, no, I do. As we mentioned before, we are at the beginning of our Music in May series. All of us here at the Movie Hour are avid fans of film, of course, as our, our listeners know. Uh, our closest love from there would most certainly be music, I would say, speaking for all of us. So here we are today discussing the movies that are about musicians and movies about music particularly. We're going to be contri- This is our first segment of four, and we'll be going on from here to discuss a specific, specific aspect of music and film. And we will be doing it from uh, probably... The rest of May. That's why it's called Music in May, right? Of course. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll kick this off. I really wanted to, uh, this, this is something we've all been really looking forward to doing because, like Greg said, we all do love music and movies and kind of the intersection of them is, uh, is always great. Uh, certainly when, uh, when, when you're watching a movie, the, the sound really can kind of bring, bring the, the emotion of it together and sometimes it's just nice to see uh, a song that you really like in that movie too, and it, it, it sort of brings you know brings it more into your own personal experience, and sort of makes that movie seem like it's for you a little bit more. I, I'm really excited about talking about some of this stuff with you guys this week or this month because um, yeah. it is something that I'm very passionate about on both the movie side and the music side. And I think a lot of times when they come together, they can be greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, and I think we'll talk about some examples of that. Yeah, I'd have to echo those sentiments. I mean, you guys know that I love. Even the musicals, as far as the movies and music. Yeah, but, yeah, straight up musicals. But, uh, yeah, yeah you're mean, like a freak. Even, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of freakish. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, just the whole, I mean, music in general, as far, you know, mixing it in with the movies is very important to me. Um, all my, like, most favorite movies are, have great soundtracks or, you know, great, you know, scores that go along with this. Um, I think it's super important as far as setting, like, a, a mood for the the film. I mean, I still listen to some of the theme songs today, like Superman and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a chill will go up my spine, you know, just because I like it, you know, so much. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited about this. It's it's an amazing, it is really an amazing thing to see a movie where the music doesn't seem in the background and doesn't just amplify what's going on. It's in the foreground with the characters. And it it works really well. One that I want to talk specifically about, which we all want to talk about, I'm sure, is High Fidelity is the first thing. This, this, this movie, along with Fight Club, I don't want to say it's the... Because I know Fight Club, people were mentioning like all over the place that this movie is sort of like our generation movie. And I love High Fidelity. I'd like to give that tag to High Fidelity, just because it's just... Melon, like the, A guy in Melancholy stuck listening to music in his music store with other people that... Everyone in that movie is terrible people. Like, everyone in there is a terrible person, it seems like, but... Somehow we we fall in love with these well with John Cusack's character and the people in his in his music store and it's all pretty much all because they're um, linked love and for music and uh, their artistry. Yeah, High Fidelity actually speaks to me quite heavily. I mean, so many elements about the movie 
seem like they're right out of my own life. I mean, right. I'm a lover of lists, just like he is. Um, <laughs> he talks about, you know, the great ways to make a good mixtape, which I've always had, you know, my own theories and, you know, my own practices for that. So, and, you know, one of my, you know, hidden laws would be, you know, running a music store. So, I mean, right there, it just speaks volumes to me. Do you think it ends up being something that not only that that they're just doing mainly vinyl? Like it was this is this isn't a blast from the past. This is year 2000 vinyl is something that's fading away, but people are like specifically going to their store just for this. Yeah, that's one thing I couldn't relate to. I was never a big vinyl person myself, but uh yeah, I, I think it, it works perfectly for that story. And Jack, well, Jack Black being in it, being a musician himself, like he ended up, he does a great job. And I guess, uh, t- I guess you can take or leave Tenacious D for what it is. But yeah. they, I loved him in that movie. Yeah, and he turns in a he turns in a hell of a performance there at the end. So you know, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Yeah, very very driving the Uptown Five. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely, I'm I'm 100% with you guys on this movie. This is a movie that really, when I first saw it, really hit home, being a big music fan and a little bit of a music fetishist in some ways. Like, I, I own some vinyl myself. I'm not, like, uh, you know, nuts about it, like some of the, you know, like the, the guys he describes that go into his place and all that. Yeah. But I definitely, uh, I, I definitely like the... The, the buying of a CD. I'm one of the, I think, the six people in America that still actually goes out and buys CDs and looking at the liner notes and all that type of thing. There's definitely like a like a fetish aspect to it. This movie really uh, really kind of explores that nicely. I wish I could arrange my. I wish I could arrange my MP3s autobiographically. Yeah, if I yeah, could. that's I would, yeah, I, swear. I would like to do as well. Um, there's one quote from this movie that I think uh, really speaks to what Greg said earlier about this being like our generational movie. Uh, yeah, the, and I think I know what it is, and I do agree. <laughs> what came first, the music or the misery? The people worrying about kids playing with guns or watching violent videos. Some sort of culture of violence will take them over. Nobody worries about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartbreak, rejection, pain, misery, and loss. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable, or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? I absolutely love that line. I think it's phenomenal. That's actually not the line I thought you were going to come up with. <laughs> well, well, I James, think I was going to James was, James was going to go with, I got it, James was going to yeah. go with it. It's not what you're like, it's what you like exactly. that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, which that, is very that true. Seems that seems very prevalent in, yeah, in my circle of friends. It's just like all about, okay, what do you like, and you know, matching up that way. So that, that always strikes true for me, too. I can definitely agree you, with that. That's I can say that our circle of friends has very little in common aside from our common tastes. We're all very, very <laughs> different people. Although the binge drinking does help, uh, not a lot of people. So, in this movie, the soundtrack is grand and long, etc. Is there are there specific songs? Is it like was it the specific set of songs that made this movie special, or was it just because it was about music? They played some decent tunes, and of course there were some live performances. Well, performances in the movie that were sort of surprising that worked out. The live performance at the end was great, especially because. The character, you kind of, you don't know what to expect about him. He's kind of, yeah. you know, just never been good at anything in his life type of person. And then at the end, he, you know, debuts his song and he sings "Let's Get It On" and just, you know, wipes the floor. Just like, wow, you know, I can't believe you can sing that. <laughs> and it's that, that was that was a really good touch. I like that. I really like. Yeah, big- I like the choices of music in this. It did a good job of kind of uh, illustrating the character while at the same time. Uh, Really, a lot of them were really easy songs to get into, like um, Bruce Springsteen, The River, and uh, Velvet Underground, Who Loves the Sun, and some of the other ones. I think I think the music in this was was really great. Um, I think more 
more so great songs than the songs really fit what was going on on the screen at that point in time or really enhanced it. Just great yeah. songs, but I but definitely love the soundtrack. Yeah. The, one one of the last things I want to bring up about that was what did you guys think of the the boss appearing in that movie? I love that it. Little, little hack. Love it. <laughs> oh, no, really? I I, I wasn't. It's I great wasn't he's, he's, that, he's just imagining. Come on, boss, play me out. Yeah. He's just imagining like like talking to Bruce Springsteen about this, and Bruce Springsteen's there with his Fender Telecaster, just making licks and like telling him exactly what he wants to hear, and it's hilarious. I love that. That's one of my favorite. And it's a scenes. good representation of you know music getting you through life versus pretty much, you know, how he's been through his whole life. So I thought yep. that was very apt. So mo- moving from the, the music store to uh, actual actual musicians themselves, well, at least portrayed in the film, Almost Famous, which I know Jim's Jim's number uh, one movie. I, number I'm, one, I'm a right? huge fan. It's, it's not number one, but it oh, could okay, definitely right. be top five for me. Yeah, yeah, please so line us up with the plot of Almost Famous for us. Well, basically, it's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling <laughs> with their own limitations <laughs> in the harsh face of stardom. I sh- why did I see I did oh, see that's that great. That's great. Well, for those of you not in on the joke, that was uh, the reporter's description of the band he was touring with in the movie Almost Famous. But, yeah, it's about yeah. – it's kind of based on Cameron Crowe, who wrote and directed um, It's about – his life a little bit, or at least inspired by it. But it's about a 15-year-old kid who ends up sneaking his way into a job with Rolling Stone as far as covering a band on the road called Stillwater from, you know, local Troy, Michigan, by the way. But, uh, and yeah, just him kind of being over his head and the band not trusting him but wanting a good, you know, cover story for Rolling Stone, and they're trying to make it big and arguing and stuff. And I love the soundtrack. I, I, I love everything about it. It's it's really good. <laughs> I know some of our reviews don't don't have the same opinion, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. Well, it's not just the story of the band themselves, but the story behind the scenes of what music does. Well, at least the band life and what music does to people. Right. And the, yeah. I guess his specific family, uh, his specific family, and the relationship between oh, what's that girl's name? I already lost her. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson, Penny. Kate Hudson, and our boy Penny from Lane. The Watchmen, and, and his and his blue dong, and yeah. uh, how, how they how they work the relationship out with our mate, with Cameron Crowe's character or his young self. Yeah, it's definitely with you know William Miller as the character, the main character, the reporter kid, and him trying to understand this whole different culture of on the road life and that sort of thing. But so his mom he, is played awesomely, by the way, by Frances McDormand. Really good role. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. She's phenomenal in that. Is it, so what is what is the thing that draws you in? Is it the music in this? Is it the combination of both, like that, the acting, the band play, or what? Um, I like everything about it, actually. The, I love the cast. Willie Miller, the guy who plays Willie Miller, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name right, Patrick Fugit, he does a really good job of playing a kid in over his head type of thing, wide-eyed, in a sense, being corrupted by the rock and roll world. Like I said, Francis McDormand's awesome. Um... Billy Crudup did pretty good. I'm a big Jason Lee fan, so it was nice to see him as playing the He was the good singer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy Crudup played the bassist. That's kind of like the, the talented one of the band. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was the lead guitar player. Hudson, I could, you know, whatever. I'm sure I he was the lead her. guitar player. Right. So, uh, yeah, so very good. The, the soundtrack, I've mentioned this before, I love the use of Tiny Dancer in there. Um, the whole 70s turning to 80s type rock and roll type music that, one of my favorite uh, yeah how the genre's dying history. kind of thing yeah. is that what you're talking about yeah which yeah. brings up another great role by uh, um, 
Seymour Hoffman. Yes, Patrick Seymour. Oh, he, he's great, Philip Seymour man. Hoffman. Yeah, Phil, Lester yeah. Bangs. He's awesome and it kind of like has his behind the scenes mentor. So a lot of good roles. Zoe Deschanel, you know, that, Gunga Pit favorite is that she's in that. What a, Lover. Yeah, so. if you'd like to if you'd like to see a long winded topic about if she's hot or not, it's yeah. on the GungaPit.com. So, yeah. I think I think live listener Josh picked that one up. Yeah, there's lots of elements that all appeal to me, so that's why I like it. Actually I this is the, I'm gonna be pretty much uh massacred for this, but I didn't even know Cat Stevens until I saw this movie and I heard the wind song and I was like, wow, from uh, Teaser Talisman. It was awesome. And that got me into it. And even though uh, you can say what you want about his new stuff, but I'm uh, I'm a big, was a big fan. You're all about rediscovering the old stuff. I really am. But of Yusef Islam for you there? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, any, anything else that sticks uh, out for you on this one, Jeff? Uh, in, in the movie Almost Famous? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I liked it. It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as Jim, but I, I definitely. I think we talked about the things I liked. I really liked the Lester Banks character. Um, some of the just kind of on the road jokes, like uh, where where they're the, they think the plane's going to crash, and I think it's Jimmy Fallon is playing like like their new agent or something like that, or their new band manager, and he's like, I was driving through Saginaw, Michigan, and I killed a hobo or something like that because yeah. he thinks they're going to die. I don't, yeah, everyone tells their dark secrets. Yeah. yeah, there's some some little funny stuff in there that they. They crack me up. But. And if you are a fan of the movie, the director's cut is worth it. Going from some of our personal favorites to one that was just popular, at least in terms of soundtrack and had a musician in it, The Bodyguard, the Kevin <laughs> Costner killer. We should probably mention just for a second how much money that thing made. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember the I movie guess, making a ton, but the soundtrack itself yeah. was number one for the longest time. It may still be. I'm not positive. but yeah, People fell in love with Whitney, dude. People fell in love with Whitney. People were already in love with Whitney. Did she ever turn it around? Is she dead? Like, is anyone know? Anyone know? Pretty sure she's <laughs> still on drugs. Yeah, with Bobby Brown, I think still. So. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's it's a sad story. You know, Apparently, she had to really stretch for that role. A musician yeah. playing a musician, yeah. Yeah, that is tough, yeah. I must admit. Like, kind of like to... uh, Marky Mark and Rockstar. <laughs> Which I haven't seen. Was that movie any good? Um, it was all right. It was entertaining. Gotcha. Also, uh, another another person playing themselves, 8 Mile, was another movie about a musician. Now, actually, when you when I saw that movie, I was expecting terrible things, and that might have been why I wasn't so upset. It, like, it actually went, it wasn't bad. No, wasn't no, bad you know, it wasn't. I, I think, yeah, going into it with expectations of 0.0 <laughs> probably helped it out for me a little bit. But it was, I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. There were, you know, some parts that were really stupid, but for the most part, I, I liked it. I think... Um, the thing that actually made me go see it was that Curtis Hansen directed it, uh, the director of like, oh, LA, really? yeah, yeah, LA Confidential, The River Wild, Wonder Boys, one of my favorite movies. Uh, so I think that's that's a big part of it. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was better than average. So I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that movie, but uh, I'm not. I really haven't seen an, or shown any interest in it just because of the rap aspect. How prevalent is that in the movie? It actually isn't that bad. Like, all it is is a pretty, like, it's him doing some pretty show-offs in front of, like, on a stage, like, three times, and that's it. It's probably, what, 15 minutes of it? And then you just have, and it's his soundtrack, of course. It's all right. his music, so you have to deal with that. But, gotcha. So um, I just remember seeing the previews, and every sh- time they showed a preview, it was him on stage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, no, it, it wasn't that big. It <laughs> yeah, that I think big. that they were about his hardships kind of and, there. Even the parts, like, where, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Eminem's, uh, Music, but even the parts where he's on stage, like, are are actually kind of cool. Like, I, I really didn't have a problem with it. 
going going to something that James, James, you should probably be able to speak to this pretty well. I'm going to put it in your hands. Saturday Night Fever. How big of a movie was this? Now, see, I just saw this recently. Well, last couple of years recently. But, but you were alive when it came out, right? Um, barely, but I was, I think. Okay, I think it was, just, what, mid-70s? So, yeah, 77. Yeah, I, I, I was alive and kicking at that so point. So you're pretty old then. Yeah, I'm very old. <laughs> and this, this music speaks to me. I'm, I'm a huge disco fan because I love how cheesy it is, and it makes for great wedding dancing and goof-off dancing. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. There's a whole... Uh, John Travolta and his girlfriend, and kind of a dark relationship going there, and it, it surprised me a little bit based off of the the underlying story. Really, yeah. I'm actually I, I remember catching I caught this movie. This is one of the f- many movies I catch in segments, like on cable, and I just never sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, I've only seen it the once, and I don't remember a ton about it except for those couple things, the disco prevalence and the the weird dark understory. In 77, disco, like, this came out in its height, right? Like, 77 was pretty big for the disco kids. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> you weren't out there at the disco That's when got you the were famous, six? No, no. Yeah, but, I, I was only five, thanks. But, um, <laughs> and it's got the famous scene where he's walking down the, the street in the beginning. And they spoofed this on SNL, too, where they're playing the Bee Gees, and he's walking in pace with the Bee Gees. He's got, like, a can of paint or something. And all they're showing is his feet. Yeah, oh, I, that's that's iconic. Really, I've seen that scene. Yeah. That's a really cool scene. Well, James, if disco isn't your thing, how about the blues? Sure, pick on me because I'm old for this one, too. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> blues Brothers is great. I'm you're assuming that's what you're referring you to. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, He's it's not the years, old. it's the mileage. That or Ray, whichever one. We can start with whatever one you want. Blues Brothers is fine with me. It's okay. I, I really love it. It's a great movie. The cast is awesome. There's tons of real-life musicians in it. Um, actual performances by the stars at the end, you know, with the, the whole Blues Brothers act is actually, you know, got recordings, which is crazy enough. Um, that is Illinois so Nazis. Yeah. Illinois Nazis. It's got everything. So is it the music that actually brings you into it, or is it just the fact that these people are musicians and it's a funny movie? Um, like, is the music... It's the music and the, the comedy. The musicians themselves aren't very appealing for me, but, yeah, just the, just the fact that there's heavy music. And, and it's almost in that whole realm of musical for me. It's, it's, it's pretty close. And I think because it doesn't go into the musical realm of, you know, singing dialogue and shit like that, then I can accept it as a, you know, a more recent musical movie. Understood. And James Brown and Ray Charles both make appearances in it. Maybe it's, yeah. uh, they, they the lent their talent. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Jeff, do you love love the music in this movie? I don't know if I love the music so much as I love the movie. I think the music. I mean, I love the fact that they're musicians, and it's it's like it's 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 a real gas. But you know, the the point of the movie is to bring the band back together and everything. But I don't think the music in it is fantastic or anything. This is this is on par with uh, another movie I just want to mention was Top Secret, which is another movie that includes <laughs> includes music, and it's another situation where it's about an artist that sings pop songs. It's a pretty much mock of Elvis and, um, and probably a couple other things at the same time. But the songs are funny, and they're part of it. And he is a musician, but really the movie is just a giant comedy, and it, and it, it all. I think Blues Brothers is sort of which is kind of rare. Same, I think on the same token. Just thinking about it off the top of my head, are those like the only two comedy musicals? 
Oh, that's a great question. I think well, you really have you have this is you have Spinal Tap movie, right? You have oh, yeah, Mighty right. Wind. Those are Mighty Which Wind's is a hilarious. big musical. Yeah, yeah. Mighty Wind, good call. Mighty Wind's it's like I'm not the biggest Christopher Guest person, but anytime people are doing a lot of improv and they pull something decently funny out of it, you got to respect it quite a bit. And yeah, Mighty Wind, I thought was really good. Um, it, yeah. it, the, the music in that, on a couple of occasions, was kind of funny. But again, the music was so, sort of secondary to the comedy versus being a big part of the movie. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, I haven't seen the Spinal Tap movie. Wasn't that that was another big one? Was it a lot of improv? I know it wasn't a Christopher Guest movie, but it, it was, was a Christopher Guest movie. It oh, was, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. That was like his first one, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious. It's uh, the, the songs in it are hilarious. Uh, Stonehenge and. Um, and <laughs> sex farm and it, it, they're, just, they're just hilarious um and but uh the, the songs in it are actually really really funny and it's uh, it's all about this band spinal tap on the road and uh it that definitely deserves to be talked about and it's it's i wish you guys had seen it because there are some really really great great jokes in that movie <laughs> beyond the uh thing that goes up to 11 which is the classic but um, it's downstairs on my end table right now. I want to go yeah, watch it. Yeah, Netflix got, got to see it. Got to see it. Maybe maybe we talk about it real briefly next week or something because yeah. <laughs> it'll be better. One movie that's more of like a, a biopic I want to discuss a little bit about was Amadeus, which is the it's a, pretty much the whole story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, the tragedy of his life. And it, at least it's more of the. Have we talked about anybody where it's like a classical tone to it? Like, is there any other mo- movies like this? Um, there is, but I haven't seen them. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's uh, a movie about Beethoven out there. Somewhere. Yeah, and it's got uh, old men, yeah. very old men's in it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, but, it's called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Go ahead, though. Yes, <laughs> good call. Good call. So, the thing that struck me the most about Amadeus was how goofy the main character is portrayed, and I have no idea if that's true. Accurate life or whatsoever. Not. Yeah, yeah probably not. It surprised me how goofy he was. And yeah. Salieri does a great job. I forget the guy's name, but he won an Oscar for it. Did he really? Yep. Best wow, I'm actor. surprised. It was pretty good, and yeah. I actually I, I don't know his name. I, Jeffrey Jones shows up in there as the the emperor, the guy from the great the great uh I wouldn't call it a horror. Stay tuned. Who was with John Ritter? John Ritter, what a great lo- flick! Yeah, lo- <laughs> he's also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Don't forget. Uh, you know he's in jail right now. Jeffrey I thought Jones. he was. Oh, he's I was about to say, like, John Ritter is dead. Yeah, well, he's dead, and Jeffrey Jones is in jail. Apparently, being in Stay Tuned very bad for you. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham was the name of Salieri. Actor. Anyways, uh, the, the close on Amadeus. Uh, very, it's an entertaining movie, regardless of the subject matter, and the music does sort of play a second seat to what's going on in the movie. But something worth worth catching. And I, you, I guess you don't catch too many movies about classical musician like that. I, at least I haven't seen many. As far as movies about classical music, there there is uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, uh, which is about uh, Richard Dreyfuss is the uh, like the high school band teacher. And uh, that's a pretty good movie, sort of uh, one of those uplifting type type flicks. But uh, definitely, music music plays a big part in that. I remember him talking. Yeah, about I haven't some... I haven't seen that movie. What's it about exactly? It's about Richard Dreyfuss as a um, high school band teacher, and the trials and tribulations of a high school band teacher. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds it's, pretty epic. It's I mean, it's kind of cool. It's about him and his family, and uh, his son is yeah. deaf, and he him trying to connect with his son, and and then he, like. He, he falls in love with one of his students and winds up not leaving with her when he's supposed to. There, there's a lot of ins and outs. I, I haven't seen it in probably a decade, but it's a, it's a, I remember it being a pretty good movie. And the, the classical role is uh, him teaching it to students and him, ex- him uh, sharing his love for it with them? 
Right, not, right. Yeah, that's it. Especially, yeah, sharing especially this music love interest that is a student. And, and really, and not just teaching them how to be better musicians, but better people. Oh, that's all you can hope for. That's all you can hope for from these movies. Out of a man teacher, that's these, great. These, <laughs> these movies really brighten up your day in the end, and, that, and that's why and that's why we're discussing the, the special music in May series. They're very touching. As part of our Music in May series, we uh, next week we'll be talking about instrumental music, sort of like uh, symphonic scores, the composing, more specifics on that. And we have sort of a lead-in for you today, a little uh, little teaser. Uh, James has a quiz for us that is going to be something special, I believe. I hope so. Um, <laughs> basically, the, the format of this quiz will be me playing sound bites of certain musical scores from movies. I'll play one. You guys can shout out the answers like normal and... I have a list of them for each movie, so if you don't get it on the first clip, I've got some backup clips. Um, I have a feeling a lot of these are going to be fairly easy, so we might you know, rapid fire through these. So uh, bear with me, and uh, hopefully it all works out. I have so, a bad feeling this is going to be my first uh, my first check in the L column as far as the quizzes go. I'm not going to lie. there. I know a couple are going to be suited towards Greg more than Ooh. you. I'm not I gonna like, like let any more hit out than that, but killer clowns from outer space. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these are all instrument specifically. These are all instrumental. Yes, this is a composed, like sound, okay, yeah, composed score. work. And they're all all the ones in sequence until we guess the song will be from the same movie. Correct. Or not guess the song, guess the movie. Correct, you're guessing the movie. Okay, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Okay, that makes one of us. All right, so let's try our first one. I'm also reading chat, so Josh, give me your answers. I'll read them out. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Space Odyssey? Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> no. There we go. Dude, I know... I know it! I still, I still can't get... This is so... Godfather. No, here we go. Totally wrong, Ed. Oh, Lord of the Rings! Uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, son of a bitch! Yes! Yes! Do I have to guess which one now? Do I have to say, um, like, the Fellowship? Fellowship? It is movie specific for this particular one, but not all of them are gonna be, so I don't care. Okay. We're good with that. It was two towers for, you know, those interested. Okay. I can't, I, I'm so sorry it took that long. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> Alright, here's the next one. I don't think my headphones are as good as Greg's. <laughs> Wow, that was intense. Yeah, that's kind of a weird, misleading one. That had my I, I only know that one because of Rogi. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Interesting. Usual suspects? Nope. <laughs> that's all. Next one. Our live listeners keep saying they know it. Oh, God, this is tearing me apart. I, I'm done doing this quiz. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, All right, next one. Yeah. <laughs> Home Alone. No. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Our uh, live listener is wrong. It's not you. Hook. Oh, it's God. not Hook. 
what is this? I know it! The animated Robin Hood movie. I know the music and I don't know the movie. You'll know this one. Harry Potter, yes. There you go. Seventh time is a term. Son of a bitch. We are so terrible at this. Dude, I'm going to get blanked. (laughs) I didn't even get it when you played the regular one. (laughs) Here's the next one. Shawshank? 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, it's... That's Jurassic Park, isn't it? It is not. Oh. Here, here's a possible... Back to the future. Back to the future. Son of a bitch! I knew knew that before I saw Josh type it, by the way. I totally knew it. Alright. I'm closing that window now, because I can't can't look at the live listeners anymore. Damn it! Alright, here's the next one. 3-0, by the way, for everyone keeping track at home. Or you guys are probably... Bond. Oh, I got set it first. Set it first. No, you didn't. I couldn't tell him. Someone definitely said it first. I couldn't tell who it was, though. Bond. <laughs> Dean, Dean, tell him. Okay. I, all right. We'll give that to Jeff since right. I'm winning so, so, no! so evenly. <laughs> all right. 3 right. 1. That's 3 fun. 1. I have no idea. I'm I'm not going to get another chance to say this. I'm just going to say Dick Tracy. (laughs) It's not Dick Tracy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have no idea. Listeners, all about it. I just, I just want to point out that these are just listening to these segments are just giving like giving me a mood. You're controlling my mood with this See, music. And it's not very fun. It's not, yeah, it's not very it's, nice of you. It's what it's all about. All right, so yes, Godfather was correct on that one. Yeah, and he read that off of the the live listening. I'm sure so the, the last one was the theme. So if someone would have gotten it, I don't know who. All right, this one might be a little tougher. I'm just going to guess the Matrix. Yeah. That sounds like something the Matrix would do. <laughs> yeah, yes. Matrix. Wow. Wow. I'm getting my Take ass that. Take that, live listener, and everyone else listening at home. I bet All you right. didn't get that this one. This one could be tricky. And that's why Kill. it's tricky. Kill Bill. It is not Kill Bill. Oh. Blues Brothers. Oh, he guessed Kill Bill, too. Yes. Is this the Blues Brothers? It is not Blues Brothers. You sure it's not Kill Bill? Those two are, but the third clinching one is not. Ah. 
Gunsmoke. Uh, the, 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 the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly is correct. Oh. Yes, alright. Gunsmoke. Yes. What was I thinking? Sorry. Gunsmoke. The game? Uh, <laughs> no, not the game. No. <laughs> alright, next one. Total Recall. No. Terminator. Terminator. Terminator is correct. Yes. <laughs> okay. Was it like five to two? Yeah, yeah. I'm dominating. That that was awesome. We let's do three more. So everybody, put your put your hat, put your mind caps oh, wow. on. This is the, this is what it's going to come down to. Three more, James. So pick some good three ones. Three more. Now you're making me pick. Yep. And then we gotta we gotta get get this going. And of course, I'm gonna beat Jeff. So let's just get this out of the way. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a fun one then. At okay. least for you guys, maybe not the listeners. Okay. That's what this is about. Okay. I, I don't know where that was going, but I liked it. It is not the Ten of Miles. Rushmore. It is Rushmore. Oh. Hoisted by my own baton. All right. Um. If Je- if Jeff gets the next two, we're tied. So I got to stop him. Okay, I'm gonna play a fun one. Here we go. You said that last time, and it wasn't very. I fun. had fun with that one. <laughs> Gremlins. Correct. Boom! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Alright. Oh, oh, man. Next one. <laughs> no idea. This one's for Jeff. Swingers? Swing kids. Still no idea. Neither of those. Twentieth Century Fox. No. That one's that one's It does not uh, feel the dreams. Okay, last one. Idiot. Oh. Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is correct. I didn't know animated hold on, I didn't know animated movies were on the table here, but that's that's hey, that's okay. Instrumental scores, what can I tell you? That's why, nope. why wouldn't animated James, movies be on the table? I mean, very you, well, write, you have no you have no place to bitch. <laughs> Very Fine, well that done. Under protest. We Very well done. That that was a good time. I'm really I'm really impressed with how that worked out. Good. I'm glad. I was afraid it would be a lot easier and people would be getting on first guesses. That was by far the worst quiz we've ever done on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody didn't win for once. Yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's upset. Jeff's upset that he lost. I hope that was. I hope that was fun. I, it sounds like our live listener had a good time, but I hope that was fun for everybody else. Greg, this is miserable. How do you deal with this all the time? <laughs> Losing is not fun. Yeah, hold your head in shame, please. please. <laughs> that was that, and that being our instrumental quiz, we are leading into next week. We'll have our instrumental uh, music in May part, where we'll be discussing the scores, composers, and 
what they mean what they mean to us in those movies that enhance enhance the emotion for the Star Wars and all those those all those great Indiana Jones which you had heard in uh, the beginning of the show. We have also today we are not we are not putting this aside. The Parker Posey needs to be coming back. It will not be uh, not be set aside for music in May. It is also important. Which uh, I believe the question was James's question. Uh, yes, that's yeah, correct. Good question. Nice basic question. question. A lot of good answers. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that. Um, my question for those yeah, of you who favorite. don't remember it was, uh, what is your favorite foreign film? Sorry, foreign language film. I should just point out. Um, a lot of responses. Um, I was most impressed by the fact that out of the nine responses, I've seen seven of those movies. So, big hand to me. Wow, well done, James. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely There's probably done. only like five more out there that I've seen. So, Once again, James is very impressed yeah. with himself. Apparently, I'm really good at picking up the good foreign language films. Which ones did you guys like? Amelie. Amelie was an excellent call. I may have picked that if I had thought of it originally. Um, the Lives of Others was my original pick, which Michelle W, w agreed with, and uh, I'm very happy about that. And Amelie is a great pa- movie that Galloway picked. The, the, the Pan's Labyrinth was a recent one I had caught. That I'll, I'll, I'll stick my hand. Yeah, he, Galloway also mentioned that, but some people supported him on that call. and it's It really impressed me the first time I saw it, how actually graphic that movie was yeah, to begin with. and really the, good the, visually. The th- the themes in that movie were really intense. Anybody, I would put my the seal of approval on a lot of the movies that were brought up brought up uh, in your Parker Posey. Uh, Ninja Scroll again, also from Jarv, who brought up a, a an anime movie that, um, I, like I would say, like it's almost like a not a hallmark, but it's a uh, it was sort of like did the first notch in like this is a movie. Yes, it's animation, but it's a movie that anybody can watch and get take something away from, even if you're not into anime. And it's it was it was really surprising how how interested I was in that movie when I uh, watched it with one of my buddies. Got me to see it, and I was like, I don't watch anime. That's not me. And then I saw it, and I loved it. And we I mean, have to catch some more ones, some more anime movies. See where they're at. Uh, I that also again, if you are answering, these were all from uh, the forums. We did have some uh, mentions on Facebook that uh, apparently just didn't make the cut. But if you do have answers for the Parker Posey play-along, you can answer it on the forums at gungapit.com or find us the Movie Hour page on Facebook. Either way, uh, we'll take your responses. Uh, say which ones we liked, which ones we didn't like, and uh, bring them up in the next show. Uh, my, my question this week is a little more outside the box. I uh we've been giving you a lot of a lot of loft loft balls over over the plate right over at the swing, but this one's not going to be this one's not going to be easy. Some you can, hanging you can take, fastballs. Yeah, yeah. This this one's this one's interesting. Uh for really what I wanted to go with, I wanted to change it up. We're going to do let's just do a little role playing here. Not role playing, but imagine yourself you're hosting a party. Better yet, you're hosting a beer hockey party. We'll do that since beer hockey is so big among us. You'll have to find, out. find out what that is. Yeah, at the at the forums, um, there are tons of people there. Uh, you're hosting it. You have a TV with, with with a movie on in the background. What movie do you have on? Now, you go a couple couple different ways with this. I decided to go with the obvious joke juxtaposition movie. Miracle on 34th Street. That's the movie I have in the background when everyone's getting blasted and partying. Just because everyone's going to... It's a thing. It's going to be a conversation starter. Why the hell do you have Miracle on 34th Street on? Why not? Uh, yeah, why, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I had them throw beer in their face. And, and it, this doesn't... Like, you know, it doesn't have to be the movie where people are... Or uh, not the movie, but uh, a party where everyone's getting drunk. But, you know, it could be wine, cheese, social, you know, whatever. Uh, you guys can be playing chess, a little... Little uh, as long as there's a lot of people in the background and the, like the movie's not the main attraction, it's just on. Is the sound so, on? Uh, the sound is on, but low. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what would you go with, Jeff? You got you got a good answer. 
Casablanca. Casablanca? Makes Interesting. Me look, you know, black and white Ma- looks cool in the yeah. background of a party. It makes me look smarter than I am, I think. <laughs> nice. That's not... That's not I, was, I should have said that's not hard. I blew my joke. I blew my joke. It's over. It's not hard to make Jeff look smarter than he really is. But uh, yeah, This is a good pick. It's a good pick. You seem... Uh, what's the word? What's the word? You're... Sophisticated when you're watching when you have Casablanca. On right, for sure. And also party. Ingrid Bergman, pretty good looking. Yeah, good point. And then she ended up, she ended up suiciding. I forget. Did she? I have no idea what happened. To Ingrid and Bergman. It's it's a sad story. James, James, how about yourself? What's you? What's your movie on in the background during a party? Um, I'm not a huge partier, so I'm going. It can still be a, just a large gathering of people, of my friends, not Any, a whole lot of yeah, yeah. you know drunken beer drinking and that kind of crap, but. Drunk and I did beer say beer drinking. <laughs> I did say beer hockey party, but yeah, any party will do for anybody that's not a. I would have to go. Um, I would have to go with an '80s comedy for the quote factor, probably. I I would probably have to go with uh, like Ferris Bueller. I would have to choose. That's a good choice. Ferris Bueller yes, is a good. Get pick. people riffing off each other and making jokes about the movie and that sort of thing. I thought you were going to go Tom Hanks as soon as you said 80s. I was like, okay, Tom Hanks, what's he going to say? One man, the man with one red shoe, punchline, but... Nope, took it a different direction. I, I like it. I like it. Our, our live listener <laughs> suggests Masters of the Universe, which is the excellent He-Man movie. Uh, I kind of like that. Well played. That's a pretty good choice. I mean, it's got the action, so you don't really have to pay attention. Plus, you have the laugh factor that it's you know a crappy movie. So it's, I think it works on two different levels. Yeah, it's no it's no crawl, but it'll do, as as I mentioned at the top of the hour. Master of the Universe will have to we'll have to review another time. So the movie so again, the question. You're at a party, you're hosting it, a lot of people around and you have a TV out where everyone can everyone can see it, but it's on the side. Sounds on. What movie do you have playing? That's that's the question. A little bit of a stretch, out of the box. Let's see what everyone can come up with. Uh, again, you can go to the forums, uh, gungapit.com, answer there, we'll uh, you'll find the thread there and you'll also find it on Facebook. Look for the movie hour page, and uh, you can respond there, and we will we will uh, bring it up in the next show. James, Jeff, thank you for being part of the music in May. We'll be discussing instrumental music next week. Thank you for listening, listeners. Uh, James and Jeff, thanks for the input. Thanks, everybody. Hope you turn in next time. Don't text while driving. Take care, everyone. Thanks for thanks for joining us right here at the John Williams Carbon Dating Movie Hour. Enjoy the music. Thank you.